Hey friend, are you asking yourself, is this what I really want to be doing with my life? I don't think so. I think there's something else that I'm meant to be doing. Welcome to the Painting Your Path podcast, where we have real conversations about what it takes to step out, be bold, and do you. I'm your host, Clarissa Castillo-Ramsey. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. I've got another wonderful interview for you today. And this is for you if you are not a fan of public speaking. Perhaps you're worried you won't get the words right. Or maybe you might feel like an imposter because you've got something fun and exciting to share, but you're not the quote unquote expert about this topic. Or maybe the thought of introducing yourself just makes you cringe. But if you're listening to this, chances are you've got something important to say and to share. And today's guest, Tracy Goodwin, has got your back. We're diving into the psychology of the voice, and I'm pulling this one from the Summit Vault Season 4. And with that, let's dive in. I am so, so, so excited to have Tracy Goodwin here with us today. Let me tell you just a little bit about her. She's the owner of Captivate the Room. She has a podcast by the same name. She is my mentor. Yes, I'm just going to say it. She is fantastic. And she has worked with thousands of celebrities, entrepreneurs, people who you know. And she's also known as the secret weapon as when it comes to their voices. And today we're going to talk all about the psychology of the voice. Tracy, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be here. So Tracy, I always ask all my guests this as the very first question. Could you share with us your journey from being an employee to where you are today? Yes. And when we talk about me being an employee, I never worked at a company. I was a college professor and I did a lot of, I worked at a lot of universities and and conservatories and I moved from universities to conservatories and there was a whole lot of play directing all over the world and a lot of acting. I became an actor when I was, was very young actually and I worked as an actor and then I directed plays around the world and then I taught for universities and then I moved into working for conservatories. I taught for Mike Nichols in New York. And from that, I then really started branching out into corporate. I started with corporate professionals and from corporate professionals, I went and started working with entrepreneurs. And this was back in Skype days. This was way before Zoom. This was Skype dial-up. And the whole early years of my career were about dialects. I taught actors dialects for the roles that they would play. And strangely enough, business people asked me to take their dialects away. Now, we don't do that anymore. And I'm so relieved. But the first company I worked for as as coming in as a voice coach That's exactly why they brought me in. They brought me in to work with the C-suite to reduce their accents. So it was a progression along the way. And I have been working for myself, I guess, for about 12 or 14 years now, maybe a little bit longer. Awesome. And how 
did you get into the psychology of the voice? So psychology of the voice is the methodology that I've created really over the last 30 plus years. But it, this is where it came from. So strangely enough, I was raised in a family. This was very generational. And in my, I think maybe we've even had a conversation about this. I don't remember, but it was children are to be seen and not heard mm-hmm. was the way that I was raised. That was a generational thing. So to be a voice coach was never on my radar, ever. I wanted to be an actor and I was an actor. I made my living doing television commercials. And I, like I said, I directed plays and all this time people are finding me to coach their voices. And I thought, there's no way I can be a voice coach. I was raised in a family where I wasn't allowed to speak. How could that be? Well, little did I know that that was the true beginning of psychology of the voice, but it started with dialects. And like I said, I was teaching actors dialects and I was taking dialects away from business people. And I thought, why do the Irish sound Irish? And I sound Texan. I want to sound Irish. They sound really cool. And the way I taught dialects was a process of placement, meaning we shift our face. In fact, I can shift my face and become Irish right now. And it's literally a shift in how I'm holding my face. And I thought, I wonder if there's more to that. Because what I discovered was the Irish baby's brain, subconscious, tells the face how to hold that placement. Why? Sense of belonging. The Irish baby needs to fit into the Irish family. The Texas baby, subconscious, is telling to hold their face a different way. Sense of belonging. And so I thought, I, want, I, I became a researcher at that point. I, I was all in on voice then. And I started working with people. And, and really, it was a f- first, I started working with people other than actors, helping business people stand in more confidence, helping business people really use their voice. And the first man I worked with, his name was Bill. And he came to me to have more confidence, to command the space and I I met him. I stood up. I stuck out my hand. I said, Bill, it's so nice to meet you. And he said, it's really nice to meet you. And I said, Bill, do you have siblings? And he said, I have six older sisters. And that was the beginning of, okay, what went into Bill's brain from his sisters? He loved them, but it was always Stop being so loud. Bill, why are you talking so much? And the subconscious started altering how he used his voice and made his voice smaller and smaller because the subconscious was trying to protect his heart, keep him sense of belonging. And the voice is the orchestra of the heart. So that experience made his voice smaller. And then it was off and running. And it's been 30 plus years of developing further and further and further psychology of the voice. But basically it means our subconscious is calling the shots on how we use our voice. Wow. And this is why I wanted to have you on the show, because I feel like people don't know this. What we know is Toastmasters and what we know is, you know, for me, I'm I identify as somebody who's a little bit more introverted. Children are meant to be seen, not heard. Definitely. I grew up with that too. In fact, my sister and I literally were just talking about this very recently. 
and, you know, working through that. So for the people here, this is just going to help them in their professional career now and definitely for when they become entrepreneurs. And so this is just going to be a big question, but like, what can we do to help ourselves command the space and be that expert, even if we're just starting out? Are there any, any tips or thoughts you can share with us on that? Definitely. And just starting out is actually a great place to maximize the power of your voice because you're going to be establishing who you are from how you sound. And this is what people miss. Voice really isn't about technique. It's not about speak louder, slow down. It's really about the revelation of your soul. It's really about who are you? And can I hear from that that you're my person. And so many people do not really understand that their voice is their greatest asset. And so many people have a lot of hangups around their voice. I don't sound confident. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Why would they listen to me? I'm bothering people. So the first way that we can sound more confident and, and your listeners might be thinking, okay, what does that have to do with voice? The very first thing is you have to shut the noise off in your head. Because if you are working from, why are you so loud? Why do you have to be so dramatic? Why? Whatever the stories are, and I call them voice stories, whatever those are in your head, they are calling the shots. So if you have noise in your head that says, why are you bothering them? guess what? You're going to talk really fast and you're going to talk really fast and nobody's going to be able to hear you and you're going to get on your videos and you're going to talk like this and then you're going to wonder why nobody wants to hear you. And really, it was about, in your mind, you believed that you were bothering people. So the first thing I would say to command the space is to stop the noise. Be right here in the now having a conversation with me. Now you might say, well, but what if we're doing video? Nobody's in the room. That's okay. You can still be having a conversation with somebody because think about this. Think about somebody you know, like, and trust. How are you with them? Your spouse, your, maybe it's a a sister or a brother or a best friend. How are you with them? I promise you, you command the space with them. And then you, you get at the office or you get on the video or you get in the entrepreneurial space to make the sales call. And you start to feel like you don't belong there. And that's a mental, that's a mental game that affects what comes out of your mouth. So if we can play the mental game of, I may be having a sales call with this woman, but I'm actually talking to Judy at the kitchen table. And then a different voice, my real voice will come out of my mouth. So those are a couple of things that we can do. That's part of the inner game. But we can also look at, think about something you really know you know. Like I have a red sweater on right now. I know that. That's a fact. You want to start saying everything you say like it's a fact. Whatever I'm talking about, it it doesn't matter if I have a college degree in it. It doesn't matter if I've just started out. And this is a big hang up vocally for people that have just started out, but I don't have the experience. 
I don't have the years. Well, why would they want to work? Stop. You are the expert in what you have right now. And I don't care if that's just three days. You are the expert in that and you are the expert in you, which is what we're after anyway. So you have to boldly own, like it's a fact, whatever you put out in the world. Now I can keep going, but you can stop me too. No, I love it. I think for me, I, I get so in my head, what is what are people gonna think about? And really in doing this work, for me, it was really about just being present and mm -hmm. in the now, because what I would either be in the past or I would either be in the future making stuff up about yeah. what people are thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everybody is. Everybody is. That's why in psychology of the voice, the first thing I want to look at is what are you in the past? Are you in the future? Are you trying to get the words right? We're working from voice stories. We've got all this noise in our head. And so another way to sound more confident and command the space stop deciding what I'm thinking. We, and the world teaches us to do that. The world says, read the room, check their faces, see if they look, you know, and I, I always play this game with my students where I make a scowl on my face and I say, what do you, what do you think I'm thinking? And generally they never know, but it's a perfect example of, you could look at my face and decide, I don't like you or decide I'm not going to buy from you or decide, I don't think you know what you're talking about. You could make that decision or those decisions based on what you see in my face. But what if I had that face because I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna come up with the money to pay for you because I have got to hire you. Then you just blew the whole deal because you started altering who you are vocally based on what you think I'm thinking. Yeah. And, and I know that was something that I was taught too. read the mm. room, read Everybody. the room. And then, and then it's like, who, and then it became, well, who am I? I don't even know who I am. Right. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to make myself fit into what I think I need to be versus, and which is what I love about your work, really just getting to the heart mm -hmm. of, of who we are. Yeah. And that's what, that's what people want. And another thing that the world teaches us, I see this in the professional world. I see it in the entrepreneurial space. I've got to be what they, what I think they want me to be. In the professional space, I always have to crack what I call voice masks. I've got my professional mask on and I'm a professional and now I'm being professional and you're not going to know who I am because I'm a professional. And, and that's not what we want, that I'm a data tracker and the data that I'm seeing now, I have never seen in my career, the depths of people seeking connection. Connection happens in your voice. They have to know who you are. And if you're trying to be something you think they want you to be, you're not, you're not going to connect and people have to be able to connect with you. That's the most important thing. Don't worry about the words. Don't worry about the video background. The key thing is, can I connect with you? Oh my gosh. And I'm just going to share a funny story that I thought of while you were talking. So I used to work at a university. I used to work at Caltech. 
here in oh, Pasadena. Wow, okay. Yeah. I was just, a, I was like a gopher. So I worked in the fiscal office doing all kinds of things. And one day a friend of mine called and Tracy, like, if you know me, like I'm quirky, I'm fun and unpredictable, a little unpredictable. And so when he called me, my friend Chuck, I answered the phone and I answered the phone. Hi, Chuck. How are you? <laughs> What's going He was, he freaked out. He had never, I guess, called me at work and he was like, are you okay, Clarissa? You don't sound like yourself. What is going on? And I was like, um, can I call you when I leave the office? And I totally had that crazy sounding wow. yeah. voice yeah. because there were people in the room and I, and I just didn't feel safe to yeah. just be me. Yeah. And that's, and that is, that's welcome to a day at Captivate the Room. That's the conversation all day long. And I want to tell you the tragedy in that for your audience. An even worse example, I remember I worked with a woman one time and they sent her to me. She was actually an actress and she was from New York and she had a like almost like a friend dress. you kind of sound real nasal like this. And the producer sent her over and, and I'm working with her and I'm nothing wrong with a New York dialect, but we had to get the nasality and she looked at me and she said, you know, I, I didn't always talk like this. And I said, well, when did you start? And she said in high school, because the most popular girl in high school talked like that. So see what we do is we fabricate these voices. Then there was the Joe's pizza girl because some, because the manager said, no, 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 no. Don't answer it like Joe's pizza. You gotta be happy. You gotta be. And so then she gets here and she's talking like this. You know, and and so it was this bulletproof glass around, I don't know who you are. And so here's the danger in that. I'm seeking sounds. I'm seeking, I need to know who you are. Do I like you? Where are you on your journey? Can you help me? Are you the kind of person that I need to coach me? And I always use the example of health coaches and I always use myself as an example. I don't want the guy that's going to make me do a lot of stuff, right? I don't want the punitive guy, but I also don't want somebody that I could easily manipulate out of making me do something. So I'm seeking sounds that tell me the one that meets the balance. And this is the most, this is the most valuable thing I can tell you is when you reveal those sounds, like who you really are and you are all of those things then I go, ooh, I like her. I want to work with her. She's my person. And if you have Joe's Pizza, then I can't hear that. And I go on to the next one because I'm seeking sounds. And yet the world, we live in a world of oh, kind of make-believe. We all do, well, let's read the room or let's create this image or let's be professional like my manager's professional. Or, you know, this slick uh, speaker voice, even slick speaker voice was beautiful. It was, it was interesting. It was radio guy voice. You know, we loved that. Everybody wanted that in 93, vehemently being rejected now because we cannot penetrate it. I don't know who you are. The yeah. only way out is through. And the only way 
to create a successful business from a voice perspective is to play big with your real voice and make me feel something. Not about mm. the right words. Yeah. Oh, that's so gold because I think even for myself, trying to find the right words. And so many people I know are just wanting to get it perfect, wanting it to wanting to get it right, mm -hmm. whatever that oh, is. Everybody, everybody, everybody. I, it is one in a million that is not trying to get the words right. And I always say, you've heard me say it, how do I know if you got them right? And it's like, all of a sudden you're like, everybody is, oh, I never thought about that. Good point. Okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. And I think that goes back to, you know, telling, what are we telling ourselves? The stories mm -hmm. in our mind, like that very first thing that you said. Yeah. Tracy, is there any, anything else, any other tips for our listeners, just as they're, maybe they've never thought about their voice, any other things that you would suggest for them to practice on or exercises they can do at this point? Other than what we've talked about, one of the things that is a big game changer We've talked a lot about trying to get the words right. And most people are trying to get the words right. And they're trying to do a script and they're trying to do all these things. Don't do any of that and, and work from what do I want these people to feel? Or what do I feel about what I'm talking about? Now, that's very strange. We've, nobody's probably introduced that. It's not about the right words. It's I want you to feel as excited as I am about working with you or whatever that feeling is, you have to trust you're going to have the words and you will. It's about making me feel. Hmm. Love that. I'm just letting it sink in. Yeah. It's like you said, it's really all about connection. And for the past two years, like we've been in the pandemic mm -hmm. and, and people are just now more than ever really wanting to feel realness. Oh, it's just stunning, the research. People are desperate for connection on a level we've never seen. And they are demanding to know the real you. People are no longer, it's actually studies have been done. It's actually the millennials that really started this. And it started with an Instagram study. The millennials started rejecting the beautiful pictures the perfect pictures. They, this is why TikTok is so, so popular and so successful because it's real. It's very, very real. And then they carried that study further into voices and people have to know who you are. They don't want slick radio guy voice. They want to know who, they want to hear your pain. They want to hear your joy. They want to hear your quirkiness. They want to hear those things. And if they don't, they'll go find somebody else. Yeah. And we're complex people. We're not just one tune. Well, that's it. And that's the problem. That's the problem with so much of this is we believe we have to give everything the same value and I can't rock the butt. So I'm dramatic. You probably figured that out by now, right? That's who I am. I'm always like this. You come to my house for Thanksgiving dinner. This is how I'm going to be. But if I believed that that was a bad thing, and I started talking to you like this, would you like me to do the rest of the interview like this? Because I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to upset anybody. Right. And so we have to go, we well, are dramatic. 
because all my dramatic people are the people that can relate to that. That's what they're looking for. And so here's an example. You mentioned introvert. I would say I'm 70, 30 introverts as my client base. They are seeking something they hear that I have. They are seeking a sound that they hear that I'm not going to judge them because I don't subscribe to the bad rap that introverts get. Why don't you be more interesting? Why don't you ramp things up? No, what? let's find the best version of you. It's going to be different than me. I'm a highly dramatic extrovert. I would never want to turn you into me, but we've neutralized everything. So now a ham sandwich sounds exactly like a fire. And they're different. Why are we saying them the same? We have to reveal ourselves and create an experience with all the orchestra of our voice. Oh, that's so exciting. So exciting. Um, Tracy, as we, as we kind of wrap it up, I would love for you to share your gift because this is really going to help the audience here. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So we talked about affected voices a little bit a minute ago, the Joe's pizza girl and the professional voice. And there's actually a, a pretty significant list of affected voices that people take on mom voice, bro voice, valley girl voice, professional voice, cheerleader voice. There's, there's somewhere between 25 and 30. I don't actually remember what's on the list. But the gift is the list of the affected voices, what they are, what they sound like, how they are processed in the subconscious of the listener, and why that's never going to work for you. So you could take a, a cheerleader voice, a cheerleader, like the cheerleader, everything is great all the time. No, it's not. That is going to be processed in the subconscious of the listener a certain way that is going to be a repellent. So you're repelling potential clients if you're using an affected voice. So that's what the gift is. Oh, so good. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And before we close out, is there any other advice, Tracy, that you have for our audience today? Well, you know, I could keep going. I could keep going and going and going. You have to stop me because I go down the rabbit hole of voice. I don't wanna overwhelm people and, I, and so the advice that I'm going to say is in all the things that I talked about today, and I could certainly give you more things, but I want you to understand that one, these shifts are really shifting habits. And so it is action that is going to shift these habits. Repetition becomes key. Repetition in the mind, repetition in the body. So you can't take all the techniques I gave today and the things we talked about and go, oh, okay, I got it. Yep. All right. That's not going to work because the habit is in the body. The body keeps the score. So the habit of whatever it is, like the professional mask, that's in your body. So take one or two or three of these things at a time and implement them everywhere you go. When you go to the grocery store, when you go to the work, when you go to the client call, implement them over and over and over and over. The most important one of all 
is be in the now. And be in the now also means I'm really right here in the conversation with you. I'm not thinking about what you're going to say next. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to do next. I'm not thinking about anything because I want to be the expert. And the expert doesn't have to get anywhere. The Mm. expert owns the space. And you are the expert no matter where you are. Day one or day 1,000, you are the expert. You don't have to get anywhere. So that's what I'd leave you with. Oh, thank you so much, Tracy. Thanks for being here today. Really, really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so glad you invited me to come on the show here. Isn't Tracy so amazing? I would love to know what is your biggest takeaway from our conversation? And if you are someone who's asking yourself, hmm, am I on the right path? If you're not sure, I want to invite you to book a coffee chat with me and let's talk about it. Maybe I can help you figure out your right next best step. So that's my invitation to you. And thank you again for tuning in. I don't take your listening for granted. I'm so appreciative of you. And until next time, keep painting your path. Thank you so much for staying till the very end. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend. If you haven't had a chance yet, please write a review and rate the show. I would love to hear your feedback. And I also have a free resource guide for anybody who is asking themselves, hmm, am I on the right path for myself now? Or is there something else that I really want to do? Maybe you're in that quandary. Maybe you're wondering what's next. So head over to the show notes and you'll see my Painting Your Path Framework Guide. Download it and have some fun. Just start exploring. And if you're looking for a community, please consider joining my Facebook group. And thank you again for tuning in, and I will see you next week.